On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we are going to be reviewing or looking over the third preseason game, the first time we saw Tom Brady in action this preseason. Pretty exciting. Obviously, a lot of roster uh, fluctuation going on. Uh, The punter battle has been decided already, obviously, but there's a lot of things up in the air, and it looks like some people may have won some jobs, maybe may have lost some jobs uh, this week. So a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. So buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has Pass. Wilson, quick throw. And it's intercepted. It. Intercepted it. 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 field for the first time since Super Bowl 53 it didn't look great but uh but it was still fun to watch yeah I mean any day you get to watch Tom Brady play football especially this late into his career it's a blessing man I tweeted today Tom Brady plays football tonight like <laughs> I was pumped I couldn't even get through work I was so excited for the game I uh, couldn't wait to go home you know it, it just you felt the buzz in the air from 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 the get-go but uh, definitely was kind of a stinker, Pat. Definitely a stinker for for the first. I know it's preseason, but with all the hype into that and how much you know they 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 were going to show and the starters were going to play, very very little to take out of that. Very little positive to take out of that if you're the New England Patriots on the offensive side of the ball. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, as my I actually took my girls to the game. Um, well, two of my kids. So uh, Nora and Violet. Nora went last year to the Washington game. That was her first game last year. So it was her second game this year. And Violet's first game was this year. So um eight and six and they had a blast Violet, i don't think i had any idea what was going on at any point but she had so much fun uh just being there and being in the atmosphere which was great i wish they had like you said it was a little bit more enjoyable but um it wasn't a ton to cheer about but they had fun anyways and so um you know just getting into what you were talking about with the brady thing man like the offense just looked completely out of sync they were running the ball well they had a few calls against them a few of them were suspect maybe but you know, a few calls against them where they kept getting pushed back. But Sony looked really good out there, making really good, clean cuts. Uh, he scares the heck out of me, man. Anytime he touches the football, I just I, I just hold my breath every time he does because I know his knees are, are not great. Um, but he's a very good runner. Every single time he touched the ball was a few yards, every time. Uh, and they could do pretty much whatever they want when they're running the football, at least tonight. Now, that may not be the case all year long, but it was the case pretty much all year last year. So, I think this team is committed to running the football, and that's a good thing. Um, and seeing Sony back out there was really nice. Yeah, and I, I tweeted out that first drive, first or second drive, where he got a boatload of carries, he looked like he was at Georgia, right? I mean, yeah. we saw him last year. I know he was coming off a, a procedure in the offseason, but um, we didn't really see that glimpse of shiftiness and and kind of him being really shifty through the tackles. I mean, he he broke off a run where he went, I think, 
towards the outside, cut in, got to the outside again, then cut back in. I mean, he was fast. He changed speeds. It, it was like a little Le'Veon Bell almost. Um, and and I, he looks great. I mean, I know you, you mentioned the knee cert, the procedure he had. I think it was just a fluid drain. But, I mean, anything knee-related to him, you're going to hold your breath, right, like you said. But yeah. uh, he looks much healthier than he did last year, and, and that's a problem because he was a beast towards the end of the year, and he looks even better. He sure was. He sure was. And, you know, you add in Damian Harrison there who, who left uh, with the, with an injury, but I think should be okay. Uh, and then you have, obviously, Burkhead and White as well. Uh, and, you know, this running back court, it looks ridiculous. And even Brandon Bolden at from times – you know, he had that really nice 15-yard run tonight uh, where he just, like, wouldn't stop. Now, granted, again, I don't know if the end of there were really any starters there for Carolina, but even still, he seems to do that once or twice a year where he just takes, a you know, a few carries and, you know, carries some people or takes it to the house or whatever the case may be. So um, they're going to have they're gonna have a dynamic rushing attack this year. Uh, on the passing side of it, it looked, it looked ugly. And I was talking to my dad before the game, uh, and I just said, you know, we were saying him and I were saying like either he's going to look great tonight and it's going to be zero problems whatsoever, or it's going to be a mess and there's going to be problems everywhere. And, and, you know, that's to be expected. Edelman's not on the field. Josh Gordon's not on the field. Demarius Thomas isn't on the field. So like, if you're looking at those three guys as his one, two and three, none of those guys are on the field. And so you're starting off with your number one receiver is, is Philip Dorsett. And I like Dorsett a lot. And he's a guy I want to talk about a little bit tonight um, because uh, there's really some questions about his roster spot. But Jacoby Myers is is the other one, and I wanted to start with him because he looked so good uh, the first two games. And even really in the second half, he looked good tonight. But he just looked completely lost out there with Brady and the starters, completely lost. He was going the wrong way a few times. He wasn't looking for the ball other times. He wasn't in the right position other times. He just went on Brady's scramble. He picked up the first down. He was trying to throw the ball to Myers, and Myers just wasn't open and wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing. And you could see Brady was a little frustrated with it. Now, does that is that going to take some time to build? Absolutely. But here's a kid who we all said, man, this kid is definitely you know going to make the team. He's going to be an impact player. You can see how much he's going to impact the team. And then he plays against the ones, and it was it was just it was a mess. Yeah, and and I kind of thought the same thing too, but uh, he did have a monster second half, and I think that that kind of helped him. But it did seem like the lights got a little too bright for him, especially with Brady. Uh, I think early on in the game, Brady thought he was he was going to run like a little double, um, mm-hmm. you know, a little stop and go, and he cut towards the middle, and Brady just kind of threw it up from nowhere. And then he dropped the ball um, from Brady. It was a little behind him. It wasn't a great ball. And I'm sure if you yeah. ask Tom Brady about it, that that's gotta be a better throw, but he should have that man. I mean, it was right. in traffic linebackers coming in on him. Um, it hit him right in the hands. I mean, but him and Stidham get this little connection, man. I mean, they hang this guy around for a couple of years and Stidham for, for the future. We might have a little, um, might have a little connection brewing, but um, it's just interesting you say Dorset because I've heard mixed things where people are like, there's no way this guy's a bubble guy. They, they value him so much uh, because of what he can do. I, I mean, he, he makes some big catches. I know, like, like you said, he's very limited as to what he can do. He's very a uh, little stop and go guy up the sidelines, curl routes. But I mean, he does catch everything his way. And, and, and remember, they ran him in on, on some one on ones up the sidelines early on uh, in, the, in the postseason last year. He made some nice plays. So mm-hmm. 
Um, it, it's interesting to see because now, I mean, Berrios, we thought he was the bubble guy to make the team because of the punt returning. He was inactive tonight for who only knows, but Gunnar Olszewski looked really good. Uh, so that, that I mean, I guess kind of segue into that wide receiver position. It, yeah. It's really, we still have no idea. And for, for, for not, not for nothing, it got way more confusing tonight. We yeah, thought we yeah. were starting. We thought we were starting to get a little bit of a grasp on that that position in the depth chart. No way. Think again. And now, hundred percent. And I actually, it's funny. I wrote an article about that today, and uh, it, I actually submitted it late uh, Wednesday night. And I was like, "This needs to go out before the game because things could be completely different after the game." And they and they are. But I, I just I think on that one, I went uh, with with my starting group. I kept Dorset off and put Barrios on, and I had. Um, you know, Slater, obviously, Berrios, Myers, Demarius Thomas, uh, Josh Gordon, Edelman, and um, uh, I can't even remember who the heck the seventh guy was. It was, um, oh, for God's sakes. It was, um, what's his name? <laughs> Slater? the damn article, man. No, uh, Nikhil Harry. Hello. Oh, Nikhil. Okay. Yeah, because um, I have I had Edelman, Gordon. I, I released a fifty-three man projection yeah, today, right. which yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna update tomorrow because I think a lot's gonna change. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I had Edelman, Gordon, Demarius Thomas, Nikhil Harry, which I think is a lock one to four. I know a lot of people thought oh Thomas or Berrios. The fact that Thomas didn't play tonight, um, I, I think, is a good sign. I know he's coming off the injury and just off pop, but. I think if he was, uh, you know, even remotely okay to go and he was a bubble guy, Belichick would have liked, wanted to see what he had. Uh, and then I had Dorsett, Myers, and Slater, um, which I still think is is going to happen. I, I Obviously, that's seven guys if you I- include Slater. But if we're talking seven wide receivers, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Olszewski would be more of a punt returner, so I guess you could count him as a special teamer. But that's kind of where, okay, if you're going to add an eighth guy at that position, in a sense, who's going to come off? Right. Well, and this is this is the hard part, right? And I look at it, and I just, for me personally, I look at it, I think Berrios at this point, um, you know, he gets he gets the inactive, and you just, you know, um, yeah, you know, that that's not, doesn't look good for him. So I think that you, you can almost cross Berrios off the list. I think that, you know, they haven't seen enough from him. I think he could end up on the practice squad. Now, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But I just – I don't – there's not enough there from him. Um, what I will say is that Gunner tonight was electric, just completely 100% electric with the ball. And Belichick uh, commented after the game, said he loves his compete level. He's a tough kid. I mean, that, that, that's that's good news for him. I, I, think, uh, I think you're looking at the punt returner for the New England Patriots right now. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, so there was an article about him. I think it was – I can't remember whether it was in Sports Illustrated or not. But there was an article about him. I think actually it was uh, WEI.com. And it was about, you know, his um, uh, his cornerbacks coach actually or his head coach, I believe, from Bemidja State uh, up in Minnesota, some small D2 school. And he walked on there uh, and they said, all right, you know, we'll redshirt you your freshman year and, you know, whatever. We'll go from there. His first practice, his first practice, some of the um, – some of the guys went in to uh, to the coach and said, "Like, look, you can't Richard this guy. He's got to be starting. Like, he's he's that good." Um, and he just made an instant impact from the moment he was there. And they thought about moving him offense once or twice, but he was just so good at corner that they needed the cornerback help. Um, and so he just he played corner for them. He played baseball there as well. So 
he's just an all-around athlete, and I, he's just the type of guy that they love. And his explosiveness on the punt return, and Mike Reese tweeted out, like, it reminded me of Edelman in 09 when you saw Edelman with it really that explosiveness. Did, though. You know, it really did. and I mean, so to me, I don't know how it, right now, just after that performance, there's no way he makes it in the practice squad. I don't think at least. Um, and so, you know, to me, I think that he ends up uh, on the active roster. I know you said that he, you know, was doing fine after that hit. Um, I thought maybe he could possibly go on IR if, you know, if he was whatever dinged up or whatever, but um, I, I would be surprised if he ended up on the practice squad. So maybe they cut him, maybe they don't, who knows what happens, but um, I think that he makes the team and uh, you know, I mean, who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens, but I think, the Dorset thing is is interesting, and I know we you know we touched on it a little bit, but the problem with Dorset is that you know he's just not he what well, his skill set is done by multiple players on this team. Nikhil Harry has that same type of skill set. Demaryius Thomas has that same type of skill set. Josh Gordon obviously a little bit different, but has that same type of skill set. His route tree is 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 not a ton. It's comebacks, it's hitches, it's curls, and occasionally a deep ball. That's not something that they value strongly. Now, the thing about him, that the thing with Dorsett and the reason why I like him is that he catches everything. Everything you throw to him, he catches him. And Brady looked terrible tonight other than the one throw to Izzo and when he was targeting Dorsett. And so it's like he clearly has a rapport with him. Dorsett does a great job catching the ball. He's similar. He's almost like an Edelman-type, Amendola-type guy where, like, you know, Amendola just figured out his role and said, hey, this is what I'm going to do, and and I'll do, you know, as good a job as I can at it. Uh, And so I certainly can see his value, and I like him a lot as a player. I think he's a really good player, works super hard. I just don't know if there's a spot for him on this roster. And, you know, if you can – you know, if you want to drop a guy like, you know, Gunner, who could be the punt returner, you know, and maybe could develop into a receiver sometime, at some point. Who knows, you know? And so uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what they want to do. It's it's a tough call with Dorsett. Yeah, and, and it's it honestly all comes down to are they going to carry that extra guy, which we thought was Berrios, but obviously now it looks like Olszewski. Are they going to carry, you know, an extra wide receiver? Or are they going to carry him as a punt returner, so say, over a guy like Philip Dorsett? You know, are they going to trade slash cut slash release Philip Dorsett to make room for Gunnar Olszewski? Are they going to keep both and and go a little less in another position? There's a lot of answers, a lot of questions to be answered right now. Um, but, I mean, flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, Pat, uh, we touched, talked about it a little bit early on. Mike Pennell, who looked like a lock. I mean, if you if we had had yeah. this show, you know, six weeks ago, we were talking about him and him being, you know, in the middle of that 3-4 that they might be running. Uh, it doesn't look like that anymore. Byron Coward got the start, and he looked really good again. Bull rushed a guy. Uh, I mean, he was great in Tennessee, and he started off the game hot. I believe he picked up a sack on Cam Newton on the first drive. Right. Well, that's the thing with with Coward. You know, he was a very, very highly touted prospect coming out of high school. Yeah, five-star. Yeah, and he had a lot of off-field issues. I think he was like the second highest rated D-tackle coming out of high school or something ridiculous like that. He had a lot of off-field issues going on. He was kind of a knucklehead. He had some different things happening. 
And so for one reason or another, he never put it together on the college football field. Uh, last year, he played pretty well. But that was really the only tape that was on him, which is why he dropped so far. But he's had his head on straight here. He's been making plays nonstop in the preseason. So it looks like, like you said, that Pennell's out and Coward is in for that spot. So that's interesting. Now, you look at linebackers, Brandon King, who went down tonight, and it looked like we're done. You know, uh, it looks like that's that's the end of the season for him. Uh, now he's technically a linebacker, but again, now we're talking about the same thing we're talking about at the wide receiver spot. We're talking about at the linebacker spot here. Brandon King didn't play linebacker for the Patriots. I know he's a technically a linebacker, but he didn't play linebacker. He played special teams, right? So, you know, you look at a guy like that and you say, okay, yes, he's a linebacker, but he's also really a special teams guy. So then the question is, okay, do you replace him with a special teams guy, right? Is that going to respond there? Well, I don't know. Brandon Bolden's coming back and Brandon Bolden's on this team. Like that's a hundred percent Brandon Bolden's on this team. And so, you know, if you, if you say, okay, well, there's the extra spot that we were going to carry and it's now Brandon Bolden instead of, instead of Brandon King. And so everything else remains the same, or you say, okay, well, maybe it allows us to keep another guy uh, as, as a punt returner. Here's the problem, right? When you keep a guy like Olszewski, right. And I, I, I know we're going back to it, but when you keep a guy like Olszewski over someone like Dorsett, you're keeping now, technically, you're keeping seven wide receivers, but you're really only keeping five because Matthew Slater and Gunner aren't playing. They're not playing wide receiver for you, right? And so you're talking about the same type of thing with linebacker where it's like, yeah, you're keeping Brandon King, but he's not really playing linebacker for you. So, you know, do you want to have another linebacker? And if you do, is that guy Calvin Munson? I mean, Calvin Munson's played really well in the preseason. Uh, he's, he's a downhill physical hitter. Um, I like him a lot, but I just don't know if – He's good enough to actually play on Sundays with the big boys. You know, it's hard to know. Um, you know, it, it's just it's hard to know what what's going to happen there. Maybe he's a guy that sneaks onto the practice squad. But I like what I've seen from him, and I think there's some potential there. I don't think – I just don't think there's a spot for him there. I don't think that he kind of fills that Brandon King spot. Uh, maybe he – you know, maybe he makes an impact on special teams, and they say we like this guy a lot, and maybe he can stick around a little bit on defense, but he's mostly a special teams guy. But – it just seems like it's more important to have a, a punt returner than it would be to have, you know, kind of one of those core special teams guys, like a guy like Calvin Munson or, or Malik Gant or whatever the case may be, a guy who's not going to, you know, Obi Melifanu, who's, you know, not going to necessarily play defense, but going to play a lot of special teams. It's almost more important to have a guy who can play special teams, but also is going to be the punt returner. I mean, yeah, you're not going to go, you're not going to find your punt returner on on, a, on your practice squad or, or somewhere else out there, but you can, you can pull one of those guys up from the practice squad that, that you know, like a Munson or, or like I'm saying, if they keep Olszewski right uh, over, over like a, a Munson to start the year because they want to keep a core special team or you're not going to keep, you know, you're not going to find your punt returner on the practice squad early, like late in the year, but you, you can go get one of those guys to fill in on special teams that can go run down the field, and tackle someone. So right. in that instance, it'd be smart to keep an old Zuski. And I think they are because yeah. we've been saying it for years, Pat. And for as long as I've known you and for as long as we've done a show, they need to let as good as he is, but he's 33 now. Yeah. Stop putting Edelman out there because you, you, you're not going to tell – if you tell him to go out there and fair catch, he's not going to. That's just not how he works, and they can't afford to lose him. I mean, look, uh, granted, they got to the Super Bowl that year, but, I mean, imagine if they had Edelman in the offense, they, and especially now with no Gronk. He is so right. important to that team, and I think they're starting to realize that now, which is why 
I mean, granted, he had the thumb injury, but they're really looking for that next guy that can just go out there, just catch the ball, and hey, if you got room, they can make a play too, but just catch it. Right. Well, and that's the big thing. I mean, and, and you know, Edelman was a problem for kicking teams because he did have that shiftiness and he had that explosiveness that where if you punted it to him and you didn't get down there in time, he was going to hurt you and he might not take it back to the house, but he was going to give them, you know, field position. And that's really something that, you know, they've, they want to have from their punt, from their punt return. And it's important for them. But like you said, man, it's Edelman. Like he's, his compete levels through the roof. If you let him, if you let him go out there, he's going to be diving and jumping into people and running people over. And he, it just, you can't do that. He's your number one receiver. And I know you have Josh Gordon. I know you have Demarius Thomas. I know you drafted Nikhil Harry and blah, 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 blah. But when, it doesn't the, going, matter. But when the going gets tough, who gets the ball? Right. That's it. He's the guy that the offense runs around. The offense ran around Gronk for the last, you know, however many years the offense runs around Edelman. Now it does. It just does. And so it's going to have to, it's going to have to be that way. And you can't let him return punts anymore if that's the case. And so, you know, I think that, I think that uh, that Ozuski is the guy there that will do that. I really thought it was going to be Barrios, but you know, it just it hasn't happened. So another interesting um, thing too, Pat, is, is staying on the wide receiver thing real quick. Is um, Nikhil Harry flew home early from Tennessee last week, uh, and and a lot of guys that were injured stayed at the yeah. time. Edelman did. I know he travels. Thomas stayed. Even Cameron Meredith was there for the whole time. Him flying back early is a little sketchy to me. Uh, people that were down in Nashville. He didn't do much down there, uh, was in and out uh, rehabbing and lifting, and he didn't do anything. I mean, there's an op- there's a there's a possibility there that he starts the year on the pup, depending on how bad it is. Because, uh, you know, he had the hamstring thing nagging him, but apparently the thing in Detroit may not be the hamstring. So, I mean, yeah. if they throw him on pup, first-round pick early in the year, don't want to ruin his confidence, make sure he's fully healthy when he's ready to go. They can get right. by the first six weeks with who they got, and that allows them to carry an extra wide out. And, and it ultimately makes guys like Ozuski, Dorsett, guys like that, uh, their job's much safer, at least right off the bat, if that was the case. I know it's a stretch, but uh, he we haven't seen him in, in, in over two weeks now. Right. Well, it's possible. And, and look, I mean, here's a guy who needs to be on the field playing, and he's not right now. And so if he's not ready to go next Thursday – how can you be confident in his ability to go out there 10 days later without, you know, with, with what a quarter of, of actual three, game speed. He has three just, snaps. He has three snaps in the preseason. He has two catches. He has right. three NFL snaps. You're going to roll him out there week one. Yeah, I, I, yeah. it, the more I talk about it, the more I think it makes sense, which I'm okay with. Make sure he's healthy. Make sure his confidence is up. Don't throw him out there week one versus Pittsburgh and expect him to, to understand everything going on. I mean, right. I, well, and honestly, it could have been a reason why they why they activated Thomas because if you look at Thomas as a guy who they could have easily left on the pup list, um, you know, and created that extra roster spot by having him on the pup. If Nikhil Harry is going to go onto the pup list, well, then it makes sense because you don't need you don't want two of your receivers on the pup list. And you know, if Thomas can work his way back and felt like he was ready, then sure, let's go. And so I think you know, for the Patriots wise, they can look at it with Thomas and say. All right, let's bring him out. Here we go. Nikhil Harry's going to go to the pup list. We'll start the year with, you know, with Gordon and Thomas and Edelman and kind of go from there, you know. And so, um, you know, so we'll see. We'll definitely see. It's a good call by you, though. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. We haven't seen him. And now for him to to really not be practicing now for two straight weeks and then 
he's going to all of a sudden ramp it back up. I don't know. Now, again, if he's back at practice tomorrow, like, okay, maybe. Right. But I don't know. I don't feel great about it. Uh, if he's not, if he's not at least practicing, you know, at fully or at least partly uh, by, by, you know, mid next week, it just doesn't seem like he'll be ready for the regular season. So uh, I think wide receiver is really the interesting one uh, to talk about. I do think tight end here is interesting. I, Matt Lacoste, have we seen Matt Lacoste? Is he like, is he dead? What's going he's on? He's back him? practicing, uh, but obviously he didn't play tonight. Right. Uh, I, I don't know. I know he rolled his ankle pretty well, but I know Monday um, uh, when, when Thomas and Edelman got um, off, you know, they came back off NFI yeah. and pop, he was practicing in, in right. pads and everything. So I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Izzo did look okay. Uh, made a nice catch on Brady. Uh, yep. Kind of drew a flag on, on one of Stidham's balls. That was kind of that, that was a beautiful ball by Stidham. Threw it in an area where the defender couldn't get it. Back, kind of a back shoulder. Right. Uh, I, I still don't think he makes a team. I think um, if we're staying on that, I think they go one tight end to start. I think it's Lacosse off the bat, and then when Watson comes back, um, it, 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 they'll obviously carry two. Uh, but I think uh, I, I hope we're seeing a lot of ten personnel this year. I really do. Yeah, uh, they just have so much talent at the wide receiver position that it, it just makes too much sense to go that way. But Pat, uh, kind of our wrapping up the the the, lab, the roster spot talk here. Um, it, it does look like, and that that's another spot where it opens up that we didn't mention. Uh, Jared Stidham looks like he's going to be the backup, and Brian Hoyer's job may be in jeopardy. It's possible, certainly possible. I think that um, I think Stidham looked okay. I don't. I wasn't super impressed with his ability to get the ball out fast enough. I don't think his uh, the reading of the uh, of the defenses was as as crisp. Um, but you know, it, it's hard to know. And and really, uh, Lazar and a few other guys were kind of going back and forth and talking about you know why Hoyer would be on the team. And, and really, what I think what they were saying, which I thought was a great point, was that let's just say Brady went down for four games. Okay, and you needed a guy to keep the to keep the team up afloat for four games, right? The guy you're going to go with is Brian Hoyer because he knows the offense. He can get you a few wins. He can do a few things. He's limited overall, but he can do a few things here and there if he needs to fill in. He's your prototypical backup quarterback. He's not the next. He's not the heir apparent. He's not going to be a starting quarterback in the league. I mean, he's been a starting quarterback in the league, but realistically, he's not going to be a starting quarterback in the league. He is your prototypical backup quarterback. Jared Stidham, I don't think is ready to do that yet. But if Brady were to go down and, God forbid, have it be long-term, well, Stidham's the guy that you want to put in there because you say, okay, let's see what we got here because he looks like he could develop into the next guy. And so I think it's a hard decision to make because if you're trying to win the Super Bowl this year, which I'm sure the Patriots are, you almost it's almost in your benefit to keep Brian Hoyer as your backup quarterback and carry three quarterbacks. And the re- and again, the reasoning is is just like I said, if Brady were to some for some reason go down for two or three or four games, Hoyer can step in and win most of those games for you, if not all of those games for you. I'm not confident in Stidham's ability to do that yet. I think that he's on his way. I think that he, you know, he could develop and do a good quarterback, but he's just not there yet. I think Hoyer, you know, sees and diagnoses things quicker than he does, which makes sense because Hoyer's been in the league for a long time. And he knows this offense very well. And so, you know, I think that all those things make sense. And it's not a shot at, at Jared Stidham at all. I just I just look at it and just say, you know, for this team this year trying to win the Super Bowl, tonight 
if anything, tonight showed me that I thought that Hoyer should be the backup quarterback more than Stidham uh, is kind of how I felt about it. And I know that Stidham looks like the future to me, but again, if, if you're talking about two or three games here, I'd much rather have Hoyer as my starter for two or three games than, than I would Stidham. And, and another thing too, to factor in Pat is uh, we know Brady has a pretty good relationship with Brian Hoyer. And I know, he said it, and a lot of people that that follow the team closely. I I think he uses Brian Brian Hoyer as a as a resource of things. I think you know he is a smart football mind. I think Tom trusts him with a lot of stuff, uh, you know, from sidelines to practice. Uh, is that is that something that that might piss Tom Brady off? Um, you know, it's something to factor in there. I know they're good buddies, but I mean, hey, if you're right in a sense that. You know, couple games, Hoyer. You know, long haul, screw it. Let's see what the kids got because he's got some talent. Right. Um, and kind of switching over to him, he played really well tonight. Uh, made some nice throws over the middle, threw a nice ball to Myers, a couple of nice balls to Myers. One in particular, uh, a kind of little out route by Myers, made a nice catch on the sidelines, zipped it in there. Obviously had the fumble, and he he's trying to extend plays and do a little bit too much when the pocket yeah. collapsed. But that that that'll come, man. I mean, it's three three preseason games. He went against some ones. I don't think he was with there with like Cukley uh, and, and all them, however you say it. But um, yeah. they definitely got something with this kid, and I think he's definitely a work in progress. But a lot better than uh, than I thought. He's improved week to week. I mean, he's I great agree. week one, but um, he's done some things well that he he you know struggled with in past weeks. If you know what I'm saying. Oh uh, no, I I completely agree with you, and I I think. I think for me, sometimes it's it's little things. Sometimes it's almost things you don't do as opposed to things you do. And I give you an example. I just after o, uh, Olszewski's punt return, his his good punt return gets him down pretty far. They ran him on a go route to the middle of the field, and uh, instead of was looking his way the whole way, and the safety jumped over the top, and it was double bracket coverage. Instead of pulled the ball down, ended up taking a sack. But that type of play is the exact same play that Tom Brady makes right now. Maybe Brady tries to get out and he tried to get out of the pocket and got tackled as he tried to get out of the pocket, but it's a two man route. Myers was covered. Ozuski's going deep and he's double covered. Why throw in a double coverage, especially when you have good field position, right? So he takes a sack on the play, but by taking a sack, he keeps the drive going instead of throwing, throwing the double coverage and probably getting it picked off. And so it's just little decisions like that, that you like to see. Um, and again, it's it's very Brady-esque. It's what the Patriots do where they try to minimize mistakes and minimize turnovers. And, you know, I, I think I'm happy with his progression and the way he's progressed. Um, you know, still, like I said, I don't think he's the QB two. But again, I don't think Brady would be upset. Like if, if they say, hey, look, Tom, we got to cut, you know, Hoyer so we can keep Philip Dorsett. You know, like we don't want to cut Brian Hoyer, but we don't have enough spots to fit everyone. And, you know, the 54th man on the roster right now is Philip Dorsett. So if we can make him the 53rd and take Brian off the roster, well, I think that makes more sense because now you have another receiving option. So, you know, it's it's stuff like that. And so it's hard to know. Now, also, if you cut Brian Hoyer, well, there's probably a pretty good chance he's going to be sticking around, right? Hey, don't leave. All right? Yes, we're going to cut you. But in case something happens, you know, stay, stay in the phone, you know? So I wouldn't necessarily be surprised about that. But again, like I said, man, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, everything changes so fast, man. It's just, it's ridiculous. How, how fast it is. 
and I, and I tweeted out the Harry thing right now, and someone I, I forget who had tweeted back that that my, uh, Harry couldn't start on the pup list. I don't know what that that would be. He'd have to go to IR. Um, which does that mean they're oh, done for the year? Um, no, because they'd have to miss. So the pup list, I forgot about this. The pup list, um, you have you have to designate them on the pup before the season starts. Okay. Um, so like at the See, beginning of training those, camp. There's so many lists, NFI, pop, right. IR, like yeah. so many rules for each. Right. So at the beginning of training camp, you'd, you'd be on the pup because you're not ready to perform yet. And then you have until week six to come off the pup. And so because he's been practicing, he, he can't go on the pup. Now he could go on IR and come back week eight. I think it's after week eight, I believe, uh, or eight weeks after you put him on. I, I think pretty sure it's uh week eight is uh, i believe do the week eight or week eight or or week 10 but either way you can pull one or two guys off of um the ir if you put them on so if it's something serious where they feel like that and they really need the roster spot they could do that um but something tells me that, that that's probably not gonna be the case um i did want to talk to about about the left tackle quickly isaiah win uh looked pretty good tonight i didn't honestly i haven't gotten a chance to dive into the film um Sitting there, I do sit in the end zone, so I'm able to see, you know, kind of the all 22 view. So there, I did take kind of a few different plays and and watched him as opposed to watching the ball. Uh, and he looked pretty good. He looked pretty good. Held up pretty well uh, in pass and pass protection. Um, pretty good on the run block, and he obviously uh, missed a block on uh, on the quick screen of Dorset, which is unfortunate because Dorset was going to be running for a long time on that. Um, and he just thought it was coming outside. He should he should have faced up the guy, and instead he's walling him off, almost like uh, Dorsett was going to the sideline. So, but beyond that, I thought he looked pretty good. Um, you know, there was an a uh, report that came out, I believe, today about you know Trent Williams and the Patriots offered a first round pick to Washington for Trent Williams, which there is a zero percent chance that that's true. It just doesn't make any sense. The Patriots aren't going to offer a first round pick for a guy who's unhappy about his contract and wants a new contract. If they had wanted to pay a left tackle to be there to be their guy. They would have paid someone in the last two years. Why the heck are they going to do that right now? So, you know, it doesn't make any sense. They're going to give up a first round pick and give them a ton of money. That that that's ridiculous. So maybe they offered a third or a fourth round pick, maybe. But even then, I, I just don't see them spending the money on Trent Williams. I think that they're happy with the way Win is progressing. And he looks like he can be the starting left tackle on, on week one. Yeah, he uh I, basing off, I, I totally agree with you. I think Isaiah Wynn has been the guy since, uh, honestly, last year when they drafted him. I think they drafted him to play, eventually play left tackle. Obviously, Trent Brown was brought over here as a kind of what-can-you-do-for-me deal. Uh, Wynn goes down the first preseason game with the Achilles, and then you know we didn't see him. But it kind of worked out good for him. They didn't have to pay Trent Brown big money. And like I said, I think that was their guy to play left tackle. Obviously, you know they probably would have liked uh, – like to get him some reps um, before he was given such a big task of protecting Brady's blind side at age 42. But uh, for a little guy, he plays big, man. He does play big. And I know he told Lazar that when he kind of asked him about being a little undersized, he plays big. He's strong. He's good, good footwork, good hand yeah. placement. Um, you know, I'd like to see him get out a little bit and, and see what he can do on some screens, but obviously that will come. But if we're just talking one-on-one, he, he looked good. I mean, he gave, gave Brady enough time that that's, that's for sure. Yep. No, agreed. And so, you know, it's a work in progress, obviously, but but it's good to see from from here, and then we'll see where it progresses from there. So, um, you know, one other guy that I thought was interesting that I just want to hit on quickly is Chase Winovich. I thought, uh, 
you know, Winovich obviously had a great game against Detroit, um, was dominant, completely dominant uh, in Detroit, and uh, and looked a little bit different playing against the ones this week. Um, he looked okay. He wasn't terrible, but, you know, there's a marked difference from playing against backups to, to playing against, you know, NFL starters. So he was out there running with the ones, which is good to see. Um, and he just, you know, he didn't have that burst. He made a few on the, uh, on the Bennett sack, actually on the Michael Bennett sack, uh, Winovich is the one that forced him up into the pocket, which allowed, uh, Bennett to make the sack. And so, you know, there were some plays, he made some plays here and there, but you know, and, and the motor is going, it's not like he was giving up on plays. He was still going 150 miles an hour on every single play. He just didn't have as much success, which is to be expected. I think, um, you know, as a rookie, especially if you can dominate the backups, great. Now we put you up against, you know, against the number ones and you're not going to dominate anymore, but as long as you're holding your own and then eventually you can work your way into dominating them. And that that's hopefully where he's heading. But uh, it was just kind of interesting after everyone's like, Oh my God, he's going to be like a, you know, pass rush specialist for them. And he's going to have 10 sacks and all this other stuff. And it's like, well, let's pump the brakes on that a little bit. You know, he played against the ones tonight and he, he looked okay. But, you know, he's clearly not going to be a superstar for them this year, right? I mean, I love the kid. I, think, I love his, you know, but but come on. Yeah, I, I think it's a great year. And I was saying this to, to my buddy watching the game. I think it's a great year for him to come in as a rookie, right? He's got a lot of veteran pass rushers. He's not given such a big workload. He can learn under some good guys, uh, but he's going to get reps. He's going to get He's going to get a lot of first-team reps, um, and he's going to play special teams. He did it at Michigan. He was great at it, made a great tackle. Uh, late in the third quarter on a punt return, got down the field well. Uh, but this kid's a football player. He can play anywhere he's going to succeed, and he's going to learn a lot this year. Uh, I think there's going to be some growing pains with him, but uh, they definitely got something, and they struck gold at 77, picking Winovich. Yep. No, I agree. I agree with that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I guess just to wrap it up, right, uh, you know, Brady looked okay. Jacoby Myers, <laughs> Uh, struggling a little bit with the ones. But, I still you know, think he makes a team. Well, I do too, because, you know, you, you put him out there with the twos and the threes and he makes every single play and he makes contested catches and he's, you know, so I think he's still there. Uh, I just think that, you know, the bright lights got a little too bright for him maybe. And so, um, you know, I think, I still think he makes a team. I'd still be surprised if he didn't. Uh, Mike Pennell looks like he's on the way out. Uh, and, you know, Braxton and Brian Cowart may switch with him. And then, you know, Gunner and and Barrios might switch too. So there's a lot of kind of switching going on there. Um, and that's really, you know, that's really all we have as far as that is concerned. One thing that's football-related but not quite football-related, Pat Chung, uh, obviously, um, you know, there was something, the incident that happened in June where they, um, I think they said they responded to a B&E um, and there was cocaine in his house. So he got charged with like a felony charge. Um the indictment happened, but doesn't look like the the court case is actually going to take place until March. Um, because of that, the NFL actually won't give him uh, any type of penalty until after the court case is done, which means that he's pretty much exempt from any NFL stuff going on this year. Now, you know, could it cause a little bit of a distraction? Perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. But, you know, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily uh, worry about it too much. Uh, I know the guys in the locker room, you know, said they all had his back. Um, And so 
the Patriots have known about this. You know, it happened in June. The Patriots have known. So if they were really worried about it and they were and they were going to cut him, it, they would have done it already. So I think he's on the team. Everything's fine. Uh, and honestly, I don't really know how much you hear about it, to be honest with you. It's just that once once the monotony of the season gets rolling along and we're talking about all these different things, I just don't think it's going to be something you're going to hear a lot about. No, it's just like anything Patriot-related. It'll get swept under the rug. Obviously, this is a pretty serious thing, and we'll kind of cross that bridge when we get there. But I think the good thing about that was, um, and you kind of look at it both ways, I know Chung was a little banged up, uh, yep. coming into camp, but Terrence Brooks, who was brought on from the Jets, who yeah. was primarily a special teamer, uh, got a lot of reps early on in camp, and still he was there late in the game, uh, playing late in the game today, which I thought J.C. Jackson was too, which I thought was a little weird. But yeah. uh, anyways, Brooks got a lot of first-team reps and kind of played in chunk spot uh, throughout training camp and the practice, joint practices, and uh, versus Detroit, and I believe a little bit versus uh, Tennessee. So um, I think they were planning for that. Maybe, you know, they thought something might come down or, or you know, they, they, they basically had a backup plan in Brooks. And I think Terrence Brooks has done a great job and done everything he could to make this team. And he's going to. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that one. I do agree with you that Brooks will be on the team. So, um, but I think Jung will too. And, and, you know, that's one of those things that will happen. Although it, it, it's really kind of funny. I mean, I don't know. It, maybe it's not that funny, but uh, Meredith, New Hampshire is where, is where it was from. The every game at the, at the uh, stadium, they have like a T, you know, T ball, T player of the year or something like that. So you look at it and say, OK, here's the uh, you know, here's the T person of the year of the game. You know, give him a hand or whatever. There's a, you know, it's always a kid. The kid runs out and something, something. I forget his name. He's from Meredith, New Hampshire, which is the town that <laughs> that Chung was arrested. Oh, in. Like, really? At the game tonight? Like, I didn't know that. Are you kidding me, man? Like, odds, Meredith? Man. It's crazy. So, uh, anyways, of all the towns in New England, you know? But uh, but I just thought that was kind of just a kind of funny coincidence there that that happened. So, or maybe not a coincidence. Who knows? You know how Belichick does things around there. So, um, but anyway, so there's a lot of the 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 situation is very fluid over there. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see a defensive back or even maybe even a wide receiver moved uh, possibly for a tight end or for draft picks or something. They have enough talent on this roster that there's going to be a guy who probably deserves to be on an NFL roster that gets cut by the Patriots. And so typically when that happens, you try to move that person for a draft pick, even if it's, you know, a fourth or fifth round pick, you know, why not? Mike Pennell is a great, a great example of that. Pennell's a guy who played very well for the Jets, and a lot of people thought he was going to play well here, including us and pretty much everybody else. And, you know, he just hasn't fit in this system for whatever reason. And so he's a guy that I could see them trading off to somewhere and saying, hey, he's not going to make the team. But, you know, you give us a fifth-round pick, and, you know, you can have him as opposed to having to worry about everybody else getting him, you know, um, something like that. Or, like, similar with um, with the deal with Jacoby and, uh, and Dorsett when they traded for him. You know, they said, hey, look, we don't need this quarterback. We have two quarterbacks right now. We need a wide receiver. You need a backup quarterback. Let's just let's just swap, right? We're going to, you know, why cut these guys when we could just swap? So, you know, could I could see something like that happening, um, you know. Uh, so we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised about that. Matter of fact, it's interesting. It's, I actually didn't really even know this, but uh, we had sent something out uh, asking for questions. One of the questions we got was from uh, Daryl Boyer. Matter of fact, it's at Daryl Boyer. And he said, uh, who has better odds to be traded 
or uh, to be traded before cutdowns, Alandon Roberts or Duke Dawson. Um, what are your I think tonight made it pretty clear. I know I've heard a lot of rumblings about Alandon Roberts and, and some kind of trade. Um, but I, I don't see it happening. There's so much depth at that posi- uh, position. He's so good against the run. Um, and, and Duke Dawson barely played tonight, played late in the, in the fourth quarter. Um, so I, I, I think he's on his way out, and I think it's, it's pretty much certain now. Um, I think the cornerback position is pretty much set with, you know, I might leave some guys off, but Gilmore, Jackson, McCourty, um, you know, John Jones, Keon Crossen's a guy that I, I just added to my 53-man. Uh, we'll see what they do there, but I just don't. I, Joan Williams, another one that that'll make the team. Uh, I just think it's there's just no room for him, and and the opportunity, the very little opportunity he's had, uh, at least last year and this year in camp, uh, to kind of prove himself, he hasn't made the best of it. And you know, hey, what 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 happens? It's not the first time the Patriots have screwed up in the second round with a defensive back, and hopefully, they they finally got it right this year with Williams, who who looks promising, big big defender. Yeah. Uh, can kind of cover some physical receivers, great tackler in open field. Right. Um, so, so we'll, we'll see, but I, I, I think the writing's on the wall right now, especially for Duke Dawson. Yeah. I mean, at this point with Dawson, I'd, I'd almost be surprised if he got traded, to be honest with you. I don't know how anyone looks at him and, and, you know, and sees promise. Now I will say it's possible that some team out there says, you know, we like this kid a lot. He was really high on our draft board for whatever reason. He doesn't fit what the Patriots are doing, but he's going to fit what we're doing. Right. And so we'll, you know, we'll send you a seventh round pick or a sixth round pick or something like that, or a conditional pick, you know, trade us Duke Dawson. We'll take him off your hands. We want him, and we'll give him a shot here, you know? And again, it's just to prevent, you know, it's one of those situations where it's just preventing, look, we're going to cut this guy. And so, you know, you don't have to worry about going through waivers or whatever and losing him to someone else. And so, uh, so that's something that I look at and say, okay, that makes sense. Um, I don't think, that makes sense for Roberts. I don't think they're going to cut Roberts. Uh, maybe that they look at it and say, we have enough depth here so we could get something for him. But I don't, I mean, what are you going to get for a run stopping linebacker? You're I, I completely botched the question there, by the way, but <laughs> you no, get no. the point. I, I no, no, but cut. yeah, right. No, no, but, but you're right though. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. you know, I mean, I mean, you're right in the fact that Roberts is going to make the team and Dawson is, yeah. you know, which I mean, likely to be traded. I mean, you'd probably, much you'd probably find a trade partner for Landon Roberts before you would Duke Dawson. But if we're talking making the team over those two, it, it's got to be Roberts, even though people think he's a bubble guy. I still think right. he's obviously got a better chance at Duke Dawson. Well, good point. And, and again, like I said, with, you know, with Dawson, it's one of those situations where you just say, okay, he's only played, you know, he's only, he's only really hasn't really had a ton of time to play here. So, you know, let's give him a shot in our system and maybe it'll be better and we'll send a conditional pick to the Patriots. And what the hell do the Patriots get? They're going to cut him anyway, so it doesn't matter, you know? And so that's one of those situations where I could see him possibly being moved, but it's just doubtful that either of those guys would get traded, to be honest with you. But I, I think I think probably more of a situation with Dawson because he's not going to be on the team anyway. So, um, so anyways, so that's what we got. Um, that's what we got for you. We are going to be back uh, next week. We actually... Next week, have a really interesting interview lined up. Um, Ryan O'Callaghan is going to come on the show. He's going to talk about his new book um, and, you know, his life on the line, or my life on the line, I'm sorry, his new book, and uh, and some different interesting things that happen with his life. It's going to be a really interesting conversation. So I'm looking forward to that uh, to that interview. And then we're actually going to have a special cut-down day um, 
podcast as well. It's probably going to be a fairly quick one, um, but we're going to have a kind of special cut down day podcast, which is, you know, a week from tomorrow, which is crazy. Um, but that's the 31st is, is cut down day. So we'll have, you know, kind of an instant reaction to the 53 man roster and any moves that are going to be made are going to be made between now and then. Uh, no one's making trades after the 53. I mean, you might make a trade or two here and there, but, but no one's making any real trades before that 53 man roster is made. I agree. Yeah. I mean, um, it's crunch time now, right? I mean, the projections are going, uh, thought I had a good grasp on, I think we all did, um, what the 53 <laughs> man would look like maybe a couple changes here and there, but, um, yeah, I got my work cut out for me for my next one. Um, yep. and then, yeah, this will, you know, that'll probably take us to cut down day. And like you said, we'll talk about it. Um, probably two shows next week and then, Hey, football season's here week one, baby. Crazy. Can't wait. So uh, we, we should be having uh, – well, we might be having some sort of interactive uh, 53-man roster thing. We're talking about a behind the scenes here at Pat's Pulpit. So be on the lookout for that. If you go to Pat's Pulpit, um, a decent amount, you know, be on the lookout for that. We're back on Twitter. Pat's Pulpit is back on Twitter. Uh, no idea what the hell happened. They couldn't figure out or they wouldn't tell us what happened. Um, but they're they're back up and running. So that's exciting. Uh, exciting news there. So – um, so anyways, I think that I think that does it for us. Three preseason games in the books, one more to go, and then we will have uh and then it'll be the regular season. We'll be dropping banner number six in the Steelers' eyeballs. <laughs> Can't wait. All right, brother. I'll talk to you. Take care, everyone.